Warning, Geesebumps is a comedy podcast based on the works of R.L. Stein. Any similarity to an actual literature podcast is coincidental and unintentional. Lights. Curtain. Phantom. Brooke's best friend, Zeke, has been given the lead role in the school play, The Phantom. Zeke's totally into it. He loves dressing up in the grotesque Phantom costume and scaring the other members of the cast. Brooke thinks Zeke's getting a little too into it. But then, really scary things start happening. A message appears on a piece of scenery. The Phantom strikes. A stage light comes crashing down. Is someone trying to ruin the play? Or is there really a Phantom living under the stage? I like to think that there's a Phantom living in the hearts of all children in God's green earth. What is a man but a miserable pile of phantoms? Just a bunch of phantoms in a trench coat. Goosebumps, a did you mean Goosebumps podcast? My name is Danielle. I have a PhD. I'm the brains of the operation, <laughs> and my name is JoJo, and I got the PhD. I also got the plans for how we're gonna get into this here bank vault. I didn't know we were doing voices. Ah, oh, characters. My <laughs> name's Jeff, and I'm just a regular old guy. I don't got a voice. Jeff doesn't understand that, like, there's a closet full of characters that I can just pull from whenever I want. Yeah, yeah. They all have kind of the same voice. Let me, let's, hey, let's, let's, hop, <laughs> let's hop into the, let's hop in. Let's hop into the Joe's closet of characters. <laughs> what are you in the mood for today? Today on all days, International Women's Day. Jesus. You know what? Daniel gets to go in the closet first because it's International Women's Day. Right. Daniel, go get a, go get a character out of Joe. Closet. Go, get a, go get a character out okay. of my offense okay. closet. Alright. Hi! I'm Joe! Oh no, she's chosen Toad. That's the <laughs> trick. All the voices are just Toad. It's just Toad. Hi! Hey! And now they've turned off the podcast because of the grating sound of that voice. The grating sound. It's like it's like honey flowing into your ear holes. Yeah, if the honey still had bees in it and they stung my brain. <laughs> what? <laughs> ah, bees in my brain. <laughs> Hey, 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 hey! Let's 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 check in with the let's check in with the geese bump squad. Let's check it. Let's hey, hey guys, hey, let's hey, get the cameraman over here. Hey, we're gonna do we're gonna do interviews on the street with the geese bump squad. No hey. comment. No comment. <laughs> no comment. Hey, what's your gentlemen, gentlemen? What, what's your sir? What's your name? And what do you do? And what, no, what's your, no what's your comment. Your, what's I don't your, talk to <laughs> I don't talk to press. I've I'd love to do that. I love I love when they always the the press is like. So, what is? What do you have an explanation for why? You are, in fact, the Joker. And it's like, no comment. <laughs> no comment. I don't talk to the press. I just said, do you have any comment about why you uh, blew up Gotham House, the charity <laughs> building? It's like the McDonald's house. <laughs> and you, uh, <laughs> I was actually, you know what? I'm going to recon that Gotham House is a streamer house, like a, a content creator house where they all live together and make content. It's, it's Batman's rogues gallery. They're all streamers on a team. All right, so so we've got a no comment from Joe. M- miss, ma'am, ma'am, miss, over here, miss, you with the hair. Uh, uh, I do have hair, yes. Uh, w- tell us, what's going on in your world today? Well, you see, friend. I didn't say I was your friend. Buddy, <laughs> chum, I've been doing much of nothing. Sometimes Danielle has the thought, what's the how, what's the longest way to every single word in the sentence? <laughs> what's the garden path between words? Danielle, sometimes the way Danielle speaks, you know when you play a video game that gives you dialogue choices and you take 20 minutes because you're looking up like game facts to get the right one chosen? That's yeah. what that's what Danielle's like in real life is. There's a gamer somewhere choosing her dialogue choices and they're really taking their time. They got to get the Jeff, they got to get the good end. The one where everybody <laughs> dies. Uh, speaking of voices, neither of you are are 
fun or or cool enough to listen to Welcome to Night Vale, but Welcome Welcome to Night Vale, the hit podcast where it's like a new show in a fictional supernatural town. That is correct, Joseph. The uh the main narrator for Welcome to Night Vale, uh Cecil Baldwin. He uh also does a, a podcast with uh another fellow Night Valer and they watch horror movies and in this capacity, Cecil is just being himself, which is turns out like a just the dirtiest talking man you've ever heard. And if you know Cecil's voice, you know how joyous it is to hear him say, bitch, what the fuck? Do you know Cecil's voice, Jojo? I don't know Cecil's voice. I don't know Cecil's voice. I don't know where Danielle's going with this. Sometimes it's just nice to check in. Sometimes it is nice to check in. You know what? That's where you, that's where you're right, Jeff. Danielle told us a little bit about her and that she enjoyed the voice of a character on another podcast. That's an excellent thing to do. Let's all do that. Hey, every hey, squad, what what should people switch from this to? Like what should people go from yeah, our instead podcast of listening to? to this? Where are you going to go? Where are you going to hop to? Jeff, you go first. Oh, well, um, What's preferable to us? Yeah. To us? I don't know. I mean, I love Inside the Actor Studio. <laughs> Is that a podcast? Jeff, put, let, <laughs> Jeff, let's send Goofs out of the room for a second. Okay. Where, where should people go? Uh, you know, here's the thing. And it, it, it's, it's how we balance it out in our household. I don't listen to other podcasts or watch other content. Danielle does. I do. J'accuse. Yeah. To an ex- yeah. extreme level that there is always podcasts yes. playing in our apartment. I don't know what any of their names are. Uh, I know that I don't like some of them. Which ones don't you like? All the one with annoying people who just ramble on forever and ever. I hate them. So you just defined a podcast. Yes. <laughs> That's why I don't listen to this one. That's why I hate myself when I edit it because I have to listen to it <laughs> when I'm making it. But the last podcast that I purposefully listened to and like downloaded and and really got into was like uh why did this get made this oh, is yeah. not a new podcast but why did it get made jeff yeah did you ever find out did they ever crack the code when they were asking why did this get made but what they weren't asking was how did this get yeah. made the real which question. is actually technically speaking, i think that's like actually the title close. of the, i think that's that might be, how did this get made actually i think it's the real title of the podcast <laughs> So what, but why, why did they say, how did it get made, Jeff? Wait, I need to know now. Have I been, it's, it is how did this get made? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. How did you, how did you fuck that up? Or as I like to call it, why did you fuck that up? up? (laughs) Speaking of things that are fucked up, guys, what, what goose, goosebumps book, what goosebumps book did we read for today's episode? We, today on this day of our daughter's wedding. We read Goosebumps number 24, Phantom of the Auditorium by one Dr. Lewis Carolyn Stein. R.L. Stein. Yeah, R.L. Stein wrote it. Danielle, give us a synopsis of this horrific book that we read. Never mind, it's not horrific. Danielle, give us a synopsis of this wonderful book that we read. With pleasure. So, there's our main character, Shelley. And, um, no, (laughs) and she and her best friend Zeke are really into scary movies. So they're super excited when they hear that the play, the school is going to be putting on this play. It's supposed to be scary, which is how I, which is if you are a scary movie fan, it's how you feel when you find out that like Phantom is coming to town. Absolutely. I would be. It's the scariest, scariest play. I mean, (laughs) it sounds fucking, it's terrifying. There's a chandelier. What's not terrifying about that? They try out for this play, and for some reason that's never fully explained, they get the lead parts. (laughs) Because we gotta have a a book. They they can't just be ancillary characters. (laughs) They have to be the stars of this play. So they have the starring roles and they find out from their drama teacher, Ms. Uh, Walker. Yes. Who is very dramatic, tells them the story of the cursed play that they will be performing. And the story is that they were about to put on the play 70 years ago. And there was some dumb shit 
dude hanging out, hanging out on the little trap door. And it's so that the phantom can appear slowly rising out of the ground. Uh, but the kid, the dipshit kid who was playing the phantom, uh, fucking fell and died. And so there's the rumor that he haunts the auditorium. So they run around the basement. They find out that there's a poor unhoused man living down there who they say is ugly and, and scary and are mean to. And then they find out that, nope, all along, who was it? The Phantom was the new kid. It's always the stupid new kid. If somebody elevator pitched what you just said to me, I would call the police immediately. <laughs> <laughs> let, so let, let me elevator pitch it to you, Jeff. It's like Phantom of the Opera <laughs> yes, for kids. For kiddos. I don't think I've ever actually... And I guess we should go... This is... I have not watched Phantom of the Opera. I have never... I have never watched it. I don't know. Aside from... Cue up the music. I, I, I only know... Dun, 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 dun. I only know that. That's not... That's not, a That's not Phantom of the well, Opera. Exactly. I don't about? know Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> it's Bach, I think. But I just know this guy with mask. That's all I know. Okay. Yes. It's the year 1919. Yes. Paris Opera House holds an auction. And among the attendees is the Vicomte Raoul de Chagny, who uh, purchased a paper mache music box with a monkey in it. What? <laughs> Wait, what? Really? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Continue. The next lot is lot 666. Oh, no. Because Andrew Lloyd Webber is a, is a genius. And it's an old chandelier renovated with electrical wiring. The auctioneer reveals that it was involved in a famous disaster connected to the affair of the Phantom du Opera <laughs> that was never explained. So it's a story about a chandelier. So, Jeff, yeah. right? Yeah, I like... I, you know how I like chandeliers. Yeah. I know you love them. So there's... It's... It's a it's a musical about a group trying to put on a musical. Yep. Okay. It's right. meta. It's meta. It's meta. It's about a woman named Carlotta who is the soprano prima donna, which means she's like the lead. Yeah, she's the big deal. She's the main influencer. <laughs> yes. And she's like she, they're very unprofessional. She's pissed off because no one's taking it as seriously as she is because she's the best. She's the diva, man. And then she walks off. And then there's the others, this other lady that named Christine, who's a chorus girl. And she gets cast as the lead because she did not walk off because she was like, she was more professional than the professional. Fuck that girl. There's, there's a lot of bullshit in here, but the basic thing is there's an ugly man. <laughs> Can you narrow it down? There's, well, he's some. They call him a phantom, but he's not a ghost. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. I mean, the idea, and I think this goes. I think phantom meant something different in like old ye times because remember the actual comic book character, the Phantom, played by Billy Zane, also not a ghost. Yeah, no. well, I think like phantom means like you're a, like a like a a presence. Ah, uh, right. It's the verb form. So whenever I enter a room, I'm just like the phantom. Is I'm phantom. Yes. I am phantom. So, so Christine, who sucks at singing, told her friend Meg. Meg. This is ridiculous. Oh, she told her friend Meg that she was taught how to sing by Ugly Man oh. in Hat. Ugly Man in Hat, also known as Phantom, <laughs> is teaching her how to sing because he's good at playing stuff. Where's he? Where's he at? Where? He's just living in the fucking sewers the theater, and shit, sort of. like in the. Theater. He's just like a, a displaced individual on premises. They were. I don't know if that's true. I just think that theaters were bigger back then. <laughs> Apparently, they had like caves underneath them and shit you could probably hide out in like a, an amc yeah movie theater yeah, you know what sure. i mean like and you could survive you know. for days on that popcorn littering the ground yeah so c cinemarks are just like they're ready and willing and able to have you live there the, the the aisles are basically troughs for people who are okay eating garbage exactly they're human they're human food troughs they continue like training and eventually she sees his face and oh no is it ugly ugly it's pretty bad. <laughs> no. It's not it's not great. And then um he also has magic because he makes the the woman who's really good at singing her she makes her voice bad with magic. Because he wants to get laid? Does he want to get laid? He does want to get laid, but he's too ugly. <sighs> oh, for fuck's sake. And so and then like Christine's this huge, great, uh wonderful like singer 
or whatever. But the but uh there's also just like a big uh a big showdown where a corpse falls from the rafters oh, and everyone's and the phantoms like, ha ha. I drop you a corpse. I ha ha. Christine will be the lead, even though she was. And, uh, and then by the end, what happens is, um, Christine escapes to the rooftop and she tells, she talks about what happened down there to some guy named Raul and rules like, but I love you. And then the phantom who overhears their conversation is heartbroken. The fuck you say? I subbed to her OnlyFans first. I I fucking pulled out magic for this motherfucker. And then six months later, oh. the the chandelier oh. disappears. Okay. And the phantom reappears. Okay. Because the chandelier's okay. gone, I guess. Is he the chandelier? Is he a chandelier? Is he some <laughs> sort of transformer that turns into a chandelier? He might be a chandelier. Now, now Raul, God, this, <laughs> this musical is fucking insane. I thought that it was like a straightforward kind of like no, tragic love story. No, You've never heard of not. musicals, have it's you? It's convoluted as fuck. This is, let me just read to you what this Wikipedia says. Okay. Raul plots to use the premiere of Don Juan Triumphant to trap the Phantom and end his reign of terror. He asserts that the Phantom will attend the opera's premiere. Likely he asserted that in song um, <laughs> and begs Christine to help lure. The, so he's turning Christine in a bit of like a honeypot to uh-huh. trap a ghost man uh-huh. between her love for Raul and the awe of the Phantom, which is a much better name. I like this handsome guy, but this guy's dramatic. So this guy's very dramatic. Christine visits her father's grave oh. longing oh, no. for guidance. Oh, she's got daddy issues that explains a lot and then the phantom appears on top of the mausoleum oh sure and then christine succumbs to the phantom's influence i guess what that means what the fuck does that mean this next this next sentence is gonna fuck y'all up jesus christ raul arrives to rescue her the phantom taunts raul hurling fireballs at him what? Uh, he had Dukins him from the rafters? What? <laughs> yeah. He burns a level three spell. Oh, no. Until Christine begs Raul to leave with her. Uh, furious, the Phantom declares war on them both. <laughs> but he has to he has to do a, a long rest. Um, the, the Don Juan uh, happens and everyone likes it. And then the Phantom somehow replaced someone in the play. And then Gal takes his mask off and everyone's upset because he's so ugly oh my god uh, and then they go and search for the phantom in his lair and they find out how to attack him but to beware his magic lasso what is he, is fucking he wonder, woman? wonder woman yeah i guess so uh the the phantom offers christine an ultimatum ultimately and he says if she stays with him he will spare raul but if she refuses raul will die good fuck raul and christine sells the phantom he's not alone and kisses him having experienced both kindness and compassion the phantom frees raul because a kidnapper should learn his lesson yeah. and be a better person he also tells christine that he loves her and he exits the lair with raul what as an angry mob closes in the phantom huddles on his throne he has a throne okay no good person has a throne. No. He huddles on his throne beneath his cloak. <laughs> He's like, you can't see me? It's a blue day for the phantom to And then all they find when they pull the cloak away is a mask. Aha! So uh, he got you all. It was just in your head the whole time. You dumb idiots. This is absolutely unhinged. I guess I always thought the phantom of the opera was just like, uh, like kind of a gothic sort of like tale of love and loss and a guy who like lived in the theater but like pined after her and it was a pretty straightforward story but apparently it's just as it's just as like uh sensible as a fucking goosebumps book apparently yes. oh yeah yes. it, 1986 that's when it first but it was written in 1910 well the thing it's based on was written in like no jeff it was written in 1986 well the music based was on a book from the 1910s the plot okay much like this book's. <gasps> it's based oh. on a French novel that was uh, written in 1910, but that's pretty loose, Jeff. I can I can say that, like, Star Wars was loosely based on a year one book called The Bible. <laughs> I can say that, and it doesn't mean anything. The Gummy Bears cartoon on Disney is loosely based on a manuscript. The found. Iliad <laughs> by Homer. Yes. <laughs> Bouncing here and there and everywhere, the Odyssey. <laughs> 
Akira Kurosawa's Seven Samurai is loosely based on a billboard for like acne medication he saw on the train. It was inspiring. <laughs> so, so I I now know the story. So honestly, it's there are a lot of similarities. I wasn't mm-hmm. taking this book. There are, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I was taking this book to be like an actual sort of like kid telling of it's it's like an homage. Yeah, but they don't even say. But the, here's the weird thing. So the the whole point of this book is that the kids are putting on a play called The Phantom, which was found in the basement of the school when it was built, which doesn't make right. sense. And it was never performed because somebody died missing. Well, yeah. they, they they assume he's dead, but like a kid went missing. The titular phantom went missing the night of its like performance. So it was never performed. And now 70 years later, they're performing it and shit's going off, which is interesting. It was 70 years later because if this is the 1990s that this book takes place in, which it should be, then that's like the 1920s, 1910s. Oh. So it is very much kind of paying homage to... It is absolutely. This is an homage to Phantom. Yeah. It's a in, in in just the same way that it's like nightmarishly stupid yes. as well. <laughs> it shares it that makes in no common. Sense. I felt this book was more competent than the last one that we read. Oh God, yes, yeah. Uh, if this felt more straightforward, there was just things that just didn't make sense and scenes that went on way too long. But oh. But yeah, that's a that's a fair one. Yeah. So so just in case and in case it was lost in Danielle's um, magnificent, really really good synopsis. Yes. Very smart. Brooke and Zeke, Brooke. they are yes. they are gonna be in the play. Yeah. They've been cast as the uh, leads. Um, Tina Powell is the is Brooks under like all the characters are there. It's really weird how close this is in hindsight. Yeah. Uh, the the play is about a theater owner named Carlos, and in the theater is a deformed phantom who hides his scarred face behind a mask. Carlos's daughter Esmeralda falls in love with the phantom, but her boyfriend Eric finds out and kills the masked man, and the phantom remains as a ghost to haunt the theater for him. It's weird. I actually didn't even clock the 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 play story in the book. No, because it doesn't really it doesn't really come up that much, no. honestly. You don't yes. really know clearly what the actual play is about, aside from there's a phantom in it. Picking up their cast in this play. I want to know what 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 parent what teacher meeting happened where they decided to do this play. Yeah, they could have done Oklahoma. They could have done Into the Woods. They could have done Into the Woods. They could have done that. Book of Mormon. Yes. Yeah, they could have done Avenue that. Avenue Q. You know what? Just do cats or cats. Just, I mean, we call it kittens because they're all children. They're, That's oh, good. Jeff. I would watch that. So it has never been performed in all these seventy years because everyone knows that it's cursed. It, it's uh, the play was very like complete. I didn't. I don't. I don't think even I clocked what the play was about. Uh, <laughs> aside from Phantom, Phantom. They, I would love to get some sort of Phantom counter on the amount of times they use the word Phantom in this book. They say Phantom a lot. They. She meets a, a new kid, Brian, who shows up and has a. The charisma of a of a broom. I I I I really associated myself with Brian a lot. Brian's personality is a lot of what I was like at that point. Hmm. You didn't have one. No, Brian was a nervous little kid who just wanted friends. Where, where, where does Brian get introduced? Yeah, in this let's book? let's introduce Brian. If uh, like imp, like, and also this this thing says that there's the word phantom is used uh, 140 times. Oh, that's a lot. Of, wow. That's a lot of times. That's a lot of times. Wow. To say the word phantom in a book. Okay, Brian shows up chapter nine. Was there? Uh, here's our meek cute the boy. <laughs> I think the you boy mean blushed. Meek cute. Yeah, her meek cute. Uh, I saw an empty spot on the table behind me. She's probably over there. I said, pointing. Oh, it's page forty. I've been I've been in the seat all year next to Zeke. I I, mean, I motioned to Zeke's chair. Zeke wasn't there. He was late as usual. The boy blushed even darker. He blushed. Sorry, he muttered shyly. I hate being the new kid. He started to gather his books together. This is your first day, I asked. I introduced myself. I'm Brian Coulson, he replied, climbing to his feet. My family just moved to Woodmill, Woodsmill, from Indiana. I said I'd never been to Indiana. <laughs> it, was a bo- it was a boring thing to say. <laughs> and then he says, he says, this is, this is, uh, okay. He says, you're Brooke Rogers, he asked. <laughs> Sounds like a sci-fi name. Oh, Brooke Rogers. Brooke Rogers. Studying me, 
I heard you got the starring role. <laughs> All the, the people are talking like, about whoa, it. Down buddy, the whoa, buddy, whoa. This is, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this. I'm going to read this as it's written. Tell me if you can tell where the period is. I heard you've got the starring role in the play. <laughs> oh, it's after starring role, period. It's two sentences. <laughs> yes, in the print version. He was like, I got starring role. And he's just like, shit, be more specific. In the play. In the play. In the, pl- in the play. <laughs> shit. Um, not, not my heart. How, how did you hear that already? I demanded. Some kids were talking about it on the bus. No, they weren't. No, you must be a good did, actress, you hear, huh? did you hear about Brooke? Did you hear about Brooke she Rogers? Got the, the starring role she, in the play. She, she, she doesn't have the bite, the pipes, but she's got the gams. <laughs> I heard she slept her way into it. I guess I don't know. Sometimes I get pretty bad stage fright. I told him, I don't know why I told him all that. Sometimes I just rattle on. I guess that's why my parents call me babbling Brooke. I do appreciate the collision of two extremely awkward characters. Yes. That's why I love Brian. He's an awkward duck. He's yeah. just, he doesn't know how to speak uh, like in a way that doesn't make you be like, this kid's got problems. Yeah. yeah like this is a kid with, Normal kid thing. Oh, and I, I guess we should spoil. I mean, spoilers doesn't really exist. We're just a synopsis, but uh, Brian's a ghost. Brian's a ghost, P.S. Yeah. F- FYI. In case you didn't think that it was, you know, real coincidental that he showed up as the new kid just as the play was starting and then suddenly there's a ghost. It is strange. I have some questions about the logistics of that everybody else can see Brian. Yeah. And like he's he's in the school registry, apparently. Yeah, ghosts can register for school. They just choose ghosts not gotta to. Ghosts got to fill out, you know, <laughs> ghosts got to have their ghost parents come by and meet the teacher. But it's it's odd because it doesn't do with Brian. He's 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 ghost. He's he is the titular phantom. And uh, you, you know, it kind of I mean, you know, it know it. But like you can guess it pretty much the entire fucking book. You, you know it in your heart. But it's just odd because. I don't know what his motivation is because he's super chill the entire book yeah, because no, they just treat him like he's an extra character. His totes just right. like this chill, nervous dude. Yeah. Well, like that doesn't really make well, sense. Well, if if Gal is if Gal is lead, yes, right, lady lead. Oh, he loves and her. he and <gasps> he is Phantom. Oh, he loves. Then, then yeah, then that's the point. Oh, him loves. That's, that's what it is. It, but they don't really play into the whole like he had like he's nice to them. He's not like jealous of Zeke. He's nope. not jealous of other people. He doesn't start shit. He actually like he gets to work on the play as just a stage hand. He's so. Th- this is where it starts to get weird. Is when he <laughs> begs Ms. Walker like pleads like just basically. I- peels his skin off and screams that he needs to be in this play. I just moved here from Indiana. Yes. I'm not a ghost. I'm not a ghost. I would love to be in this play, please. I'm not a ghost at all. Definitely yeah. not. I, the book did a great job of trying as hard as it can to just sort of like hand wave away anything that you could be like, oh, he must be a ghost <laughs> because everybody sees him. The teacher acknowledges him. He says he moves from Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, checks out, checks everything, out. Everything. all he, human stuff. He, yeah. does, he just does human stuff, which really it's just, it's making my head spin as far as like what I expect from ghosts now. Anything could be a ghost. It's true. The president could be a ghost. President, President Ghost. That's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> the president is a ghost. <laughs> but yeah, so Brian, Brian, I like Brian a lot in this book. He's a very real character to me as sort of as a kid who moved around a lot, trying to make friends and having somebody take you under their wing immediately and get you a job working on the play that you wish you were starring in. That's based kind of around a tragic element of your life. We all wish we were Brian. Is this this is sounding very specific? No. <laughs> In the next chapter, chapter ten, we we get a, a nice a nice locker threat. Is is this the is this on the uh she gets the note and she pulls it out and unfolds it and it's scribbled in red crayon was the message. Stay away from my home, sweet home. As far as threats go. That one's pretty lame. So locker threat happens. So, the, I mean, I guess in general, the middle of the book is the same thing happens over and over locker again. Locker threat, locker threat. Which locker is just threat. like, somebody's like, don't, the play can't happen. Stay away from my home sweet home. Yeah, stay from my home sweet, home, home sweet home. And the play, and the things that are basically trying to stop the the play from happening. Well, the middle, of the, the middle of the book is sort of them investigating the school. The kids, That's the middle book. Well, the kids, the kids are now they're they're detective they're squ- detective squad trying to find the real phantom. 
And then and there's some onstage capers that happen where they have someone like swing down to the stage from the rafters. And apparently this is this is horrifying to everyone. And they think it's Zeke because Zeke likes pranks and Zeke's a like little piece of shit. Blah, blah, blah. And it's not Zeke. Isn't that scary? No. Um, there is a part. <laughs> yeah, so that's one of the things. It's like there's a part where you think it's Zeke being the phantom trying to scare her, but it's not Zeke. It's not it's, Zeke. It's possibly the real phantom. But the big the big middle thing in this is like there's they go investigate the school like at night. Let me and I'm gonna just bring that in because they they they're they're sort of convinced the phantom is real because of just like whatever. Um, and so this is on page 70. Then uh, Zeke and I walked to school. We met Brian on the front walk and he promised to wait for us. I can't believe Miss Walker didn't believe as Zeke fretted. And then um, Brooke goes, would you believe such a nutty story? And then Zeke goes, well, we're going to find the phantom and prove it. Yeah, prove her right. We right. have no choice now. I mean, Miss Walker won't help us. We'll have to find him on our own. You just like a good adventure. Brooke teased. <laughs> And he's like, well, Brooke, if you're too scared. And so that's their plan is they're just going to prove that the phantom is real like kids do. Because the know. Internet didn't exist at this point yet. So it's like, hey, what are we going to do every afternoon after school? Go under the stage. This is a but also this is a good burn for like school funding as well. Because <laughs> the, we got this. This is on page 71. But what if there's an alarm or something? You know, a burglar alarm. For sure, I replied. Our school can't even afford pencil sharpeners. <laughs> no way they got burglar alarms. That's cool. Oh, that what, that's the stingingest insult in this whole well, book. Well, you know what? At least it's better now. Well, we're going to have to break in, Zeke said quietly. A station wagon pro- rolled by, um, and then they then they just break into the school. Well, they just <laughs> they climb in a challenge. window. Like, they don't really have to try that hard. They, they climb... They climb up to like a roof and then like find a half open window and just get in yeah. to the school. Yeah. And that's it. Well, yep. and, and I think, and I don't, maybe we, we, I know we probably said it, but it's just to kind of reiterate, like the whole point of why the kids are so like intent on proving that there's a phantom is one, everyone is, the teachers think that it's Zeke. Yes. Um, and it's about proving kind of his innocence. But two, like they they used after, you know, they were goofing Zeke and and Brooke and they used the the trap door to it's like basically an elevator that they went further down into the the depths of the school than they thought it should go. And basically they like there was somebody down there they could hear. And then when they came back up, there was like a mysterious uh, old man who said he, they were the night janitor and then a little bit later they're like so I don't know like a teacher or an administrator is just like what do you mean night janitor there is no night janitor <laughs> there's no night janitor here I've worked here for a thousand years we've <laughs> never had anyone clean this place at night we can't afford it so, they, so they're, they're investigating because it's not just like we're bored where we think there's a phantom there is like there is weird things happening where they're just like fuck it and no one obviously believes it because instead of telling people that there is an old man that they met. Like there's a, they talked to Mrs. Walker and they're like, there's a phantom. Yes. And she's like, what are you talking about? And they keep using the word phantom yes. to describe an old man they met who was like, was only like 50. Who's like 50 yes. something. They, they found, I mean, that's only 10 plus years away from where I'm at. Exactly. So I don't want to throw too many rocks. But like they, they continually, they never use the proper words to describe exactly what they're experiencing. They continually describe what is happening as there is a phantom and surprise, surprise, no one believes them. <laughs> yeah, as it turns when out. When they keep so using the word phantom. So they, they let's, let's, let's walk through that. Because what happens is... They break into the school yep. and Brian's like, I don't like this. And they're like, just pretend it's a scary movie. And Brian's like, I don't like those. <laughs> and like, that love me. Brian. Love him. They get, into, they get into the auditorium and uh, it's cold and damp. And, and she thinks it's because it goes. Cause it goes really, it's like mildew. Because <laughs> it's um, a shitty school. That's it's a, a shitty school. Not as haunted. 
Um, and then they go, we want to take the phantom by surprise, which is a really interesting conclusion to make if you think it's a real ghost. <laughs> interesting strategy. Here's what we get, guys. We get a box. We put some sort of treat we'll under it. We'll put some uh, Oreos in there. We prop it up with a stick and string. And we'll have a little sign that says Oreos inside. Ghost ghost treats here. Ghost tweets and then a little arrow. And they realize, like, they, they go to, they go to, like, basically hide they're going down the center aisle to the stage to find their way and then they think they hear someone coming dear god and they thought oh man is it someone at the trap door is it the phantom uh beans they don't know who it is and then uh and then they find a message written in paint actually on like a backdrop yeah and it says stay away from my home sweet home which is again surprising yeah and that's when we do a chapter break where it's like, this is fucking, oh my God, it's so scary. The music's ripping up. Bye. Who is it? It's Miss Walker. It's Miss Walker. Yeah. Who's there at night. Who's there at night. Throwing herself into her work. Really dedicated to her work. Is, is her job one. just lead school plays? So I think that it's it's a commentary on how much work that teachers do, but get paid they so do little. do a lot of work. That yeah. she's expected to be grading papers, following up on kids breaking into the school, teaching a regular class. I actually have a question. I, I, have, a, I have a hard time understanding what her regular role is because there's a she's, point. She is just a teacher. Because I, yeah. I know that because on page 82 it says... What? Because they have to explain why she's there. Because we pointed it out, yeah. and our old sign tried to head us off at the pass. And he said, "Miss Walker drove back to school because she'd forgotten her math test papers." So he's a and math teacher, vo- and she heard voices in the auditorium. Oh. Which those are two. Th- those are yeah, two ideas that minute. just don't work together. No. Well, and also there's a weird moment at some point in the book which I don't have. Uh, oh, here, let me. I can just search it. Thanks, thanks, Kindle, for letting me search words. <laughs> I think this play might be the biggest thing that this school has. I think it's investing all of its money into this play. I think this play is one of those things where it's going to make or break the school. We don't see the behind the scenes, but they're like, your your back taxes are owed to the bank. We're going to close <laughs> the school unless you can get an award-winning play going. Yeah. Because there's a scene. It's in chapter 18. Um, oh, never mind. Fuck it. I just read the first word of that chapter, and it already answered my question. Oh, okay. Because well. there's a, there, I, I was, there's a moment where she's like, "Oh, that Mrs. Miss Walker's at lunch, so we're all breaking." And I'm like, "Are they doing play rehearsals in the middle of the day? Don't they have like other classes to do?" No, Jeff. It was actually on a. Saturday. It was on a Saturday, but it's also telling. But it's just like you're making this woman work on a Saturday. Oh, for a, yeah. for a middle school play. You know she's not getting paid OT. No, she's not getting paid extra for that. But to the point of of uh, of this scene of them sneaking in, they Miss Walker. They tell her like we wanted to prove the Phantoms. Phantom, Phantom, Phantom. Us. Yep, she yep, goes. Yep. She goes. Of course I don't because you're fucking stupid kids. <laughs> Your stories are dumb, and I hate you. Yeah, one of you is already up to pranks. And so they they find the the paint in Zeke's locker, and Zeke gets suspended. Yeah, Which- Zeke, and and. Off the play. And off the off most the important play. thing. Fuck my education. Yeah. Don't take me Don't off the team, Don't take me coach. off this play, man. This is my big break. But, like, and it's that, that scene, actually, that chapter is one of the longest back and forth where the kids are trying to convince her that there's a phantom. So instead of saying old man janitor mm-hmm. we saw, mm-hmm. they continually mm-hmm. say phantom over and over again. And... The, well, the crazy thing is that they almost convince her. Yeah, they almost. She, damn well, close to and, convincing. And it's thanks to Brian mm-hmm. and his meek attitude because literally she's like, well, Brian, you're such a little cuck. <laughs> I don't know why you would do this. You, you, you're just a, you're just a little wuss. You're just a little damp rag. I don't know. <laughs> you, Of course, it, you guys could have done this. I'm starting to believe. And then this when they find the paint, which was obviously planted. Obviously. But- by, by the phantom. That's pretty close. That's pretty near the end of the book, too. That's like chapter eight. Like, I don't know where that is. Like 20, 20 something. Yeah, because they, they tried to squeeze in two moments of, you know, weird ghost phantom shenanigans. It's basically the same thing each time yeah. of like, oh, it looks like the phantom. Is it Zeke? Oh, no, oh, no it's, it's not, not Zeke. Zeke. Or actually, it was. And they, and they do a, this book does a book does a very poor job of trying to make you think it's Tina because it also occasionally, oh, yeah. <laughs> it 
occasionally no, remember, Tina remember wants when to we had that character. Yeah. yeah, remember her? Yeah, the, the <laughs> Tina, the girl who like hates Brooke and wants to be in the play, is constantly like, "Hey, Brooke, I hope you don't get sick." And yeah. I hope oh, that... it sounds like you have the flu, Brooke. <laughs> so and so it kind of occasionally is like, well, maybe it's Tina trying to sabotage, but the book doesn't really go in on that too hard. No, because I think even the book knows that that's a pretty thin like. Yeah, it's a, it's a, come on. The book, the book, R.L. Stein wrote it and he was just like, you idiot. Like, Why did you put this in here? I don't even believe myself. Dumb son of a gun. Now we have a character that I have nothing to, to do with. What do Tina I do with Tina? Nothing. She added nothing to the book. So after that, the, the Zeke's, Zeke, you're off the team. Zeke's in trouble. Yeah, Zeke's Zeke is grounded. Yeah, Zeke Which, is off the play. It's also amazing that all of these actors, these child actors, these twelve-year-olds in a school play, have understudies. <laughs> yes, they. Yeah, are. well, they need like the show must go the on, show, Jeff. As somebody who did theater in high school and did plays, we and this is high school, not middle school. We never had understudies. But here's the thing that's interesting, right? So Zeke is grounded. But then they go back to the school. Uh, his parents go to a movie. Yes. They find the unhoused man, <laughs> Emil. They arrest him. And Zeke gets his part back yeah. in the play. It was a huge misdirect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the whole point of that. So this is, this is, I think, why this book is so confusing is there's like three stories happening in yes. one. Yes, and it's all a lot of hand waving and like, look over here. No, look over here. No, look over here. It's okay. He gets the, his part back because he, he breaks in. They solve the mystery. Again. They solve the mystery they, by I solved it. finding the night janitor. And, and then it's just... But the story doesn't end there. No. They they no. have to do the performance that's right. because that's was the promise of this book. Correct. Is they're gonna put on a play. And so they do the play, and this is the most hand wavy shit of all. And by the <laughs> way, this is basically the finale. <laughs> Calling it audible. We're getting out of here. Uh, this is on page one sixteen. What chapter? Uh this would be chapter twenty uh four. Okay. Well, maybe before we go there, I just wanna take a look at at, at this poor man. Yeah, let's let's discuss the reveal of there's a homeless guy living under the school real quick. All right, let's talk about it. <laughs> I, I have to tell you, I did not expect that, and I will give this book credit for that did take me by surprise. I will admit for not. And when we say a homeless guy living underneath the school, we don't mean like there's just a guy who li no. They literally call him they call him out. a homeless guy yes. living under the school, and they have no sympathy no. whatsoever. So. No. They're they're winding. There are these tunnels under the stage. They follow one down to an empty room, and well, not entirely empty. A lived-in room. Oh uh, yes, it's uh, an empty lived-in room. And so, I reached out and pushed the door. It creaked open. Zeke and I raised our flashlights and aimed them inside a room, all furnished. Oh. I saw a folding chair, a beat-up couch with one of the cushions missing. And bookshelves along one wall. That's $3,500 a month in San Francisco. My flashlight fell over a small table. A bowl and a box of cornflakes stood on the table. Product placement. I swept the light around and saw a small unmade bed against the far wall. And then the craziest thing that they take from this scene is they look at the bowl of cereal and they're like, the cereal's not soggy yet. Someone was just here. That's kind of like that's kind of like saying like the fire's still warm. <laughs> <laughs> the tracks like, are still fresh. The butt imprint's still on this chair. <laughs> still smells like a fart. The fart smells are still fresh in this room. <laughs> Someone was here. Page one oh eight is where they finally confront him in his lair. This poor man. This poor man. One oh eight, one oh nine, and this is this is pretty good because they okay. Uh, the Phantom nodded. I tried to warn you. I didn't want to hurt anyone, but I had to protect my home. And then Zeke says, and you tried to stop our play. You tried to ruin our play so we wouldn't use the trap door to find you down here. Oh my God. And the Phantom nodded. And he goes, and then Brooke goes, and what happened 72 years ago? What happened to you the first time the play is supposed to be performed? And he's like, I'm only 57. Yeah. He was like, bitch, I'm 57. Like, first of all, oh. rude. Second of all, and then and then he goes, well, then I guess you're not the phantom. And he's like, yeah, no, because a real phantom would have been that old. 
And then Emil goes, Emil goes, I don't understand this phantom talk, young man. <laughs> <laughs> Enough with this phantom. What's with your internet and your video games? And then he goes, and then he goes, I'm just a poor homeless guy trying to protect my little space. <laughs> just poor homeless it's guy so trying to make sad. ends meet. Hat in hand. And he's just a, he's just a short, he's like as big as like a, like a 12 year old. He's yeah, like, he's like ugly old man who's just living in the guy the who has no choice but to live in darkness. But then we get this part. This is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> he says, my father worked at the school for 30 years. He used to bring me here with him when I was a kid. When I lost my apartment in town, I remembered this space. I've been living here for nearly six months. I love that they put a specific period of time yes. that this is a fresh wound for yes. him. It's uh, That's why he's so protective, because he's got nowhere to go. Goes, you're ruining it all for me. God, this is so relevant. This is so relevant this today. Is, honestly, these kids just concerned about being the stars of a play. This man down here trying to fucking survive. And what do they do with him? Yeah, what do they do? They call the cops. They narc. They narc. Well, the dad narc. So they, I, I, I think they hear another noise and then Zeke's dad shows up. Somehow. The biggest, the biggest surprise <laughs> ever. Because... Zeke's dad showed up because Zeke was just missing. Yeah. And he, wasn't and he was like, where's the one place my child would go underneath the school? And then when they get there, the police and Zeke's dad, Zeke's like, what happened? I heard a voice. And then this is on page 113. And Brooke goes, there's a homeless guy living beneath the stage. <laughs> like, bitch, you could have just said nothing. And the, yeah, no, she could have. <laughs> she had to make good on his promise that they ruined everything. So the, the cops go in there. And they were like, yeah, there's another one down there. And they're like, what about all his food and books? <laughs> yeah. You know, his livelihood. Yeah. And then the, the cop goes, oh, they're all gone. I guess he cleared out <laughs> real fast. I'm like, no, the cops went down there and thrashed that place. You know it. And then Brooke turns to Zeke and says, and I quote, so there's your phantom, just a poor homeless man, not a 72 year old ghost who's been haunting the school since it was built. Just a poor homeless man. And what's Zeke's res what's what's Zeke's response? Yeah, it's disappointing. <laughs> Which part, Zeke? The fact that like homelessness is an epidemic that is no, actually, it's that he wanted to read a, a real ghost, <laughs> a man without shelter. Yeah, no, no, it's that I wish that there was a ghost. Is, this is sort of like a modern version of when the Scooby Doo gang unmasks like the an the, actual the, monster, and it's and it's just a, and instead of being like the rich guy, it's just a homeless dude. You're old man. You're old man Spittle. What are you doing here? Oh, they they canceled my pension, so I was scaring people away so I could live here. Pandemic happened, man, so I had to move in here. It's also fucked that like uh, the on page um uh one thirteen that same chapter. It's like it it's just so. So the dad shows up and he's like, as soon as the platform stopped, we scrambled onto the stage. Zeke's dad hurried to call the police. He told them there was a homeless guy living under the school, which fuck you, Zeke's dad. Yeah, fuck all of it. And you. the police, instead of being like, ah, whatever, they're like, they arrived quickly, it says. They dropped everything. <laughs> they were right there. Homeless guy under the school. Oh, God. Code red. Code red. And and it it could have ended there. It could have. It didn't. Not with not with R.L. Stein in charge, Jeff, because what happens was they do the play. And as I was before, I was so rudely interrupted. Yeah, well, page one sixteen. Chapter 24. This is the conclusion. The big uh, the big finale. The big cheese. The, the, pl the play didn't get strange until the end of the first act. We were doing really well until then. The curtain opened. She stepped out on stage. She forgot about her stage fright. And now they are actually doing the play. Finally. She is book. living, y'all. Yeah. Take this that, is, Tina. This is it. She she hears the trap door opens at the end of the first act, and she knew it was Zeke. And in seconds, the phantom would make his big entrance, rising up in fog. And she goes, Phantom, is that you? The phantom's blue-green mask floated up into view. Which, by the way, the cover makes it out that it's not that. Yeah, I was going to say. It looks like Phantom of the Opera. The dramatically cover. different then than the Phantom of the Opera black mask. cape. Uh, shoulders hovered into view. The audience gasped. <gasps> the phantom, oh, phantom, we're together at last, I cried. I have dreamt of this moment for so long. And she realized instantly 
that it wasn't Zeke. He had become the Phantom because he was so into his role. He just disappeared into <sighs> the or role. Or actually, he was a ghost. The the thing that I think is also, I, I, I have to stop myself, because in my head, I'm picturing these to be adults. These are all little children. These are yes. kids. These are and, children. And this is what's great, because he, this is when, for the first time ever in any Goosebumps book that we have read, that R.L. Stein was able to cleverly justify a villain monologue that explains the plot. Yeah, true. Yeah. Because it's a play. Exactly. It's a, well, I guess it's a musical. Yeah. But like he goes, um, she's like, who is he? Why does he look familiar? And then uh, she just says Esmeralda's line and she goes, Phantom, why do you haunt the theater? Please tell me your story. I will not be afraid. <laughs> Please break it down for me, Phantom. Then the Phantom says his story. He says, I lived under the, the thing for 70 years. I had a tragic fate. And he goes, I was in a play in this very theater. It was be the greatest night of my life. And then she's like, oh, he isn't actually, he's going off script. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> off he's script. So into the role. Oh, fuck. What do we do? Oh, yes, God, improv. Someone vamp. You see, my dear Esmeralda, an hour before the play was to start, I fell and plunged to my death. And he pointed to the rickety trap door that no school should have. Right. The boy 72 years ago who was to star in The Phantom but disappeared and was never found. She's like, oh, shit, this is the ghost of that kid it's who was ghost. still a kid but also a good actor. And then he goes, that's where I fell. I fell to my death and became a real phantom, and I've waited down there ever since, waiting, waiting for a night where I could finally play my greatest role. Like, he's an old Hollywood yeah, actor. Yeah, he is chewing scenery. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then... Uh, and everyone, everyone, no one knows it's real. And then she runs up to pull the mask off, and he um, freaks out. Get out of his. He like, freaks out and vanishes. And he's like, "No, no, you my can't. Face, no!" He falls down the hole again. He topples backwards into the trap door and vanishes. Well, you killed him again. Good job. He's going right back to hell where he belongs. Yeah. And everyone cheers and says it was the greatest thing ever. The greatest work of theater that has ever. Zeke, as it as it turns out, wasn't the Phantom. He just runs up wearing a T-shirt. Yeah. Oh, he got knocked on. He got knocked he got, unconscious. Yeah, he got bonked on the head. Ryan, who obviously <laughs> is the Phantom, literally clubbed Zeke but in the back of the Brian's, head. To Brian's credit, he did try to get Zeke out the old-fashioned way. This book is about Zeke's very bad day. <laughs> he gets framed for shit. He gets framed for everything. And at the end, gets fucking knocked out yep. so somebody can take... 40 seconds of stage time from him. <laughs> it's really amazing. It's really incredible. And then the very, and then the, what happens, they're like, oh, it's so great. And the teacher is even, the teacher doesn't give a fuck that they just made up lines. Oh, at the no, end. it's good. That's like all the, the local penny saver is going to write about this. And <laughs> exactly. It's going to be so popular. And then they find out. They like, find out because they find an old yearbook in Zeke's locker. Which I have a question logistically about the, how they find how, out with this yearbook. How but, that yearbook got to the locker? Well, Were yearbooks a thing in 1920? Well, so here's the thing, though. I have I had something written. So they find a yearbook and they're like, oh, where's Brian? We can't find Brian. And then they find like a page in the yearbook, which I need to read it because... I mean, and, and basically, for all intents and purposes, they pull out the book and the yearbook sweeps over to the right page yeah. where Brian's face is circled. Because of ghosts. Yeah. Go on, Jeff. Ghosts. So this is page 125. This is the last chapter of the book. This is literally like the big well, you can't. You, it can't be the last line. It's not the last line. Last. No, no, no. It's, it's the last. Okay. It's the second to last page. You know the rules. Uh, <laughs> you know touch. Book fell out of uh, a locker. So I've had a fill out of Zeke's locker or Brooks locker. It doesn't really fucking matter. Yeah, I think uh, it's Zeke's. Pull the door all the way open, blah, blah, blah. It's a really old yearbook, I told Zeke. Look, it's from the school, Wood Mills, but it's from the 1930s, which doesn't make sense if the thing happened 70 years ago, but sure. Huh? How did it get in your locker, Zeke asked, staring down at it. My eyes fell on a torn sheet of paper tucked inside a bookmark. Gripping the old heavy book in both hands, I opened it to the pages marked by the bookmark. Wow, Zeke cried. I don't believe it. We were staring at a yearbook article about the play we had just performed, The Phantom to be performed. Do yearbooks have articles in them? Well, so here's my right? thing. So it says, we were staring at a, at a yearbook article about the play we had just performed, The Phantom to be performed in the spring. Read the headline at the top. So first of all... <laughs> Wait, does this yearbook come out? So first of all, the play never happened. Yes. Secondly, this yearbook's not a newspaper. 
thirdly it, well well jeff they do point out that this must have been written in that early school year yeah who knows know. what people were like back then it's but like also the, the if if the thing happened 70 years ago that means that this book took place in the 2000s no 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 no. it, it says it's from the 1920s and this was written yeah in the jeff 90s. you said you said 30s but the print version says 20s it is really does so, yours say yeah. 30? Mine says 1930s. Oh, so they were trying to bump it up. They were a trying to bump bit. the Time data. This must be for the re release. Well, when, when was it re released? Because um, if it was re released 10 years later, that would explain it. I mean, I'm assuming I, I, that would actually make sense because there's another part in the book where Zeke has a watch that plays games and music. Oh, I missed that. Do you remember that? Was that oh. a thing you guys saw? That was not in this no. one. Okay, so this must be changes they made for the reprint. This is so the 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 current youngins will will the current youngins in the year two thousand yes <laughs> will know exactly what is happening. We'll um, understand what's going on. But even still, it, like time stuff, not you know concerning that. There's a photo in the yearbook of a play that says the play is going to be performed, and then the play didn't happen, and a kid disappeared during it, and they still ran this. And they still ran article. that. As their article, like this is the this is going to be the big seller. We got to go to print. It takes it takes seven months for them to make books. It's the 1910s. Also, like schools usually end, you know, at the summer. So if it's an article about a thing coming out in the spring, just so saying. that's pretty wild. Because then when's the show going to be? Yeah, because exactly. it's, it's, are two yearbooks. Is there so the school year? We have a yearbook for the year we start the school, and then in because the, the school year starts in August, right? So we get a yearbook for August, September, October, November, December. Then we get another yearbook for January, February, <laughs> March, April, May, because it's a different year. Can we move on? <laughs> Okay, good. So here's a couple things I want to point out. Just a couple inconsistencies. We can call them behind the screams if we so choose. Right. We don't have to. I got a couple, a couple things, things I want to point out too. Yeah. Here's, for, here's thing one. Thing one. Now, for those of you who were listening to this episode of, of Geese Bumps and you heard, you know how our show goes at the start of it. Um, here's here's One of the things I said in the back was, quote, a stage light comes crashing down. That's a thing that in the back of this book it says is a threat that takes place. A stage light comes crashing. Really? Down. Now, Jeff and Danielle, fellow hosts of Geese Bumps, yeah. at any point mm. did a stage light come crashing down? No. I do not believe no. so, no. Which leads me to go, why <laughs> was that on the back of this book saying that this happened? Because, because it, it seems like a thing that would happen. If it was based on Phantom of the Opera. If it was a, whoever wrote the back of the book was like, what are some tropey things that would happen on stage? So that's interesting, Jeff, because of what it means is the person who wrote the back of this book <laughs> did, did not give book. a shit yeah. to read it. They just go, okay, it's Phantom. Phantom of the Auditorium. All right. Chandelier. Mask. Yeah. Phantom. I mean, they're, they, they, they didn't do a lot of the stage trope things that you would do for like haunted uh, theatrical Ooh, like what? Give me some tropes. I mean, one, like lights falling. Lights falling is classic. Um, really mostly just like things breaking or like students starting to get sick or injured. Like it's like it's a curse. Yeah, like they all they all get the plague. Because they talk about the curse at the play and there is no actual curse thing. Happening. No, it's just that a kid died. Uh, that That's apparently what constitutes a curse. Yeah, but no, they... It, I, I, yeah, the whoever wrote the back of the book. Is there anything else in the back of the book that didn't happen or it mischaracterizes? Uh, well, that was the that was the major one, and that's a pretty major one. That's a big thing because if I saw that, I I got the book based on expecting there to be a light falling. Yeah, I mean, based on the cover pages, the back and the front, we are fully being sold this as like Phantom of the Opera. Could we sue R.L. Stein for yes false we advertisement? Yes, oh, we can't unfortunately. But I also have further news, yeah. oh, a boy. further behind the screams okay. that I think is even more significant than this egregious error. <laughs> and this is the thing that makes me the most excited. So, like I said, this reads very close to like the convoluted plot of Phantom. Yes. Right? Yeah. We established yeah. this. I don't know how much of that Jeff actually left in the episode, <laughs> but in real life, we did that. <laughs> now, we, the foremost Goosebump scholars, are not the only ones to have noticed this. This was actually also noticed oh. um, by 
a musical theater group, the first stage children's theater and Oregon children's theater. Wait, what? Okay. They actually produced Goosebumps the Musical, The Phantom of the Auditorium. Really? Thou shit me. Is, no. is it the it's the book though, but not the play in the book. It is the story of the book as a musical. Okay. It made Whoa. its world premiere performances in Milwaukee <gasps> and Portland, both <gasps> in the fall of 2016. Both shows received very positive reviews. And the following year, it made a third performance at the Roanoke Children's Theater in Roanoke, Virginia. It has been performed all across the U.S. And now this is the part that's going to fuck you two it's up. It's coming to Sacramento. Is it coming to Sacramento? <laughs> no, it's not coming to Sacramento. Damn Sorry. It. I guess I shouldn't have sold it so hard. Anyway. <laughs> Damn. In on October 29th, mm-hmm. 2021. Oh, last year. The original studio cast recording of the show was released. <gasps> oh, there's an audio version of that we can listen to? It is $12. What? I'm wow. looking right at it. It wow. has songs such as Goosebumps, <laughs> the Super Scary Play, Babbling Brook, oh. Is Somebody Down There? Oh. My home, sweet home. Wow. The wow. Fa- the performance, my story, the Phantom Unmasked, and Goosebumps Reprise. Wow. Well, it does hit the major points. So it doesn't I'm, have one called Homeless Night Janitor, but that tracklist is a better synopsis than we did for this book. I know, <laughs> and that's and I just want to say that twelve dollars hmm. does seem like a little much, Seems but steep. I guess that's what we're gonna get. It's just oh, it's man. just the audio, right? It is not it's, it's not a video just or anything. The audio, I feel like we can write this off. <laughs> if I, <got> it. <laughs> I right? and it's it's kids. Yeah, it's all kids. It's gotta be kids, right? Or is it's it just gotta be Broadway actors who can sing like kids? Yeah. Well, because I didn't expect they don't. I mean, do they say in the book that it's a musical they're doing? Because I believe it's just a play. They're it's not doing. Well, it is. Yeah. Well, this is this is the thing, right? In the book, it is just a play, but it is a, like it's a mute. Like this is what's so stupid. It is a musical. Like it's supposed to be, but they say it's a play, but it's, it's, it's just a play in the book, but it is a musical I, in the story. You can't expect 12 year olds to know how to sing. Though. Oh, fuck. No. R.L. Stein's in it. Oh, as what? well as he must be like the narrator or something. Yeah. At one point, also some Tony nominees. Wow. You can see little bits and pieces of it on YouTube. Really? Yeah. I know, but I'd want to just get the whole, there's also like the actual episode of it. Oh, the actual episode, like the, oh, the like Goosebumps, the Goosebumps show. show. Yeah, yeah, they did. They really, they really milked this yeah, they, specific they, book. They, yeah. they adapted like this is one of the only ones that was adapted like three different times. Wow, wow. We, it's. I mean, it's. I, I think that this book, I'm okay with this book. Like, I didn't dislike it really. I thought that it threw in too many red herrings. Uh, yes. but it, it read pretty straightforward. It was. It made me frustrated for Zeke that he was getting in trouble, and I'm like, t- parents just don't understand, nor do teachers. But I mean, it's of all the Goosebumps books, especially so late in the game to turn into like a musical and then mm-hmm. as, as an episode of the show and all that. I mean, the musical came, what, like 20 years later, though. So, oh, um, just just to be clear, this uh, the the entire audio of uh, Goosebumps, the musical is available on uh, YouTube. Ha ha. Nice. So we don't have to pay for it. We don't have to buy it. I might buy it just to be nice, but yeah. we don't have to. I, I I give this one, I give it a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I think I would land around the same place. Like, In these mid-20s books of Goosebumps that are all just unbelievably terrible, this is definitely one of the better ones we've read in recent memory. It's a beacon of, of being okay <laughs> amidst a sea of garbage. All right. Well, I think we've we've done our due diligence with this book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think we've hit all the big stuff. Joe, do you want to give us those sweet sweet plugs sure thank you to the band dog party for the use of the theme song bad dream off of the album hit and run it is a wonderful song from a wonderful band you can check it out at dogpartylive.com and dogparty.bandcamp.com the song slaps kids it, it slaps yeah. and you should go listen to it if you know it's good for you the weather's getting better open up those windows and just start blasting it point your speakers out like in rent 
this uh, Geese Bumps is, is technically speaking only one piece of comedy <laughs> content from the Mom Hat comedy crew. We've been sort of lax lately, but uh, hey, at least, you know. Stuff coming out on the we got, we got a lot of comedy irons in the fire if we ever get around to them. <laughs> um, you can check out all the stuff we do at mom-hat.com. That's mom-hat.com. We also have shirts, uh, hats. What do we have? Sweaters? We shirts, hats, sweaters, sweaters, stickers, socks. all kinds of stuff. At uh, We got them everywhere. Um, at Teespring, also at I always forget Tee the Public. Tea Public, and I actually yes. got a sweater from the Tea Public one recently. It's very nice, and the stickers I got recently are also. If anyone nice. emailed Danielle, I'm sorry. Yep, sorry. Um, I uh, I've been dead, so she's been dead. Yeah. Um, but uh, beyond that, I I think that's all the announcements that I have. Uh, Danielle, is there anything you want to say to the the people? You know, I'm curious as to the effectiveness. Because I've really tried both ends. I've tried, I've tried demanding reviews in a in a rather hostile manner, and I I've tried asking in a humble, supplicating manner, and then I've told stories. And so I'm just kind of wondering, has any of that had any impact? Leave a review and tell Leave us. Leave a review and tell us. This is what <laughs> I want to know. Leave a review and Which, let us know. What did it for you? Mean? Nice? Stories? Tell me. Tell me. Tell in me. Review, in review format, tell us. Yes. And it, help, it happens if it's five stars, but, you know, I guess we could accept four, but we don't really want to. If it's not a five-star review telling us which of these methods works, we are not going to look, reread it. We're not going to look at it. So if you want your vote to count, it has to be a five-star review. That's right. If it's a five-star <laughs> review and it tells me something useful, I might read it. You on guys the are podcast. ridiculous. Um well, I think that'll just about do us for here at Goosebump Studios. Uh Danielle, what do you say you treat the people to what they really came for, <laughs> which is reading that final line? I would love to. And Jeff led us right up to this. We've got the locker. We've got the old yearbook. We've got a weird article in the yearbook. This must have been written early that school year, I said. We know the play was never performed. We know the whole story of what happened back then. Hold the book up to the light, Zeke instructed. Let's check out the pictures. Dirty, dirty boy. I raised the book and we both stared down at the small photographs that covered the two pages. <laughs> I'm assuming that was all the students. Then we saw it. A small, blurred, black and white photo of the boy who had won the starring role. The boy who was to play the phantom. The boy who had disappeared. The boy was Brian. That's not half bad as innings go. No, it's a little subtle. But also, it doesn't make us go say anything silly at the end of it. It would show, have been great is... if Brian just showed up to school the next day. Right, and she's like, hey, what's up with you guys? My name is JoJo, and I have a PhD. My name is Danielle, and I have a PhD. My name is Jeff, and I have nothing to really pop in with clever like, so I don't have a PhD. Okay, good job. This has been Geesebumps, a Did You Mean Goosebumps podcast. And until next time, stay out of the basement. Just like somebody I used to know